Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the McFarland Spartans. I, I panic. I, <laughs> let me redo that. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the McFarland Spartans, the Cambridge Blue Jays, and the Deerfield Demons. I'm always afraid of that happening. Uh, my name is Peter Limblad. I'm the one uh, I cover the Wanaki Warriors, uh, DeForest Norskis, Lodi Blue Devils, and Point at Pumas. Well, the reason why I panicked is if you're watching on the video, we only have two screens up. It's because Ryan is not here, and I think that kind of threw off the vibe that I had. So yeah. yeah, Ryan unfortunately is without a working car, which kind of figured that set the car he's got. It, I kind of <laughs> know this has been on its last legs, but hey, oh. it's it's wheels. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he'll be able to come in next week. He said that he'll get everybody caught up to date on some stuff. So that's basically what's happening. We're at the point anyway, too, where most of our teams are getting knocked out. Yeah. Um, but I was going to come on here yet uh, the other day and be like, well, this is the end of the year for everybody. But <laughs> on Saturday night, I was doing some looking at the playoff brackets for girls soccer. And there is an APG team that is being represented at state. And if you were wondering, well, it's got to be Wanakee, right? It's not. Oh, well, then it's got to be DeForest, right? No. No. Is it McFarland? No. It is Lodi. Lodi. The Lodi Blue Devils kind of came from out of nowhere. Uh, Well, maybe not out of nowhere. They They were were state Second in their conference. They had been ranked. Um, Still kind of a surprise. I wasn't able to cover their sectional semifinal game basically because uh, they were up in Wisconsin Rapids and I was in Sun Prairie covering the Wanakee boys lacrosse team in the state championship game. These are the choices we have to make, people. It it just kind of happens that way. It's too bad. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, Lodi, uh, it was interesting. They were probably going to have a tough time with Assumption. Uh, That was the initial thought because they were playing – up there in Wisconsin Rapids, um, Assumption was the higher seed. Uh, but Lodi won on an early penalty kick. I think it was in the uh, 13th minute. Uh, yeah, Anna Balwig, or Ava Balwig, I should say, uh, got the penalty kick in the 13th minute. Um, and quit, uh, the, oh, I'm going to butcher this first name, Quitzal Peterson. Uh, made 11 saves um, to preserve the clean sheet for Lodi. Um, she's been pretty solid in net for them this year, a lot of saves. So um, uh, I'm hoping uh, she gets some uh, all-conference nods. I'll, I'll have to take a look at that. Um, but uh, then they went up against Eau Claire Regis and uh, uh, Slash McDonald, and they kind of took, took it to them. Uh, they scored three goals in the first 24 minutes. Uh, and uh, they were by Gianna Burke, uh, Ava Balwig, and Anna Balfence, who finished with uh, two goals. And they were up uh, 5 nothing before uh, Regis McDonald scored. So um, good for uh, Lodi. Um, they're now 14-7-1. They're seeded fourth at the state tournament. They start tomorrow. State semifinal game against number one Cedar Grove, Belgium, uh, takes place at 4.30 at Uline Soccer Park in Milwaukee. Yes, good old Uline. Yeah. I kind of have beef a little bit with that PA guy that's in charge of like for Uline, just because I remember back. <laughs> trying back, to think back in my time of going to state in 2015, uh, he just picks really bad times to do ad reads, like middle of the action, <laughs> like cross will be coming into the box and he'll just start an ad read. Also, too, it kind of rubbed me the wrong <laughs> way too. He was doing an ad read about sportsmanship and the entire 
whitefish based student section i dressed up like farmers to make fun of you know milton being like oh. a small town i was like really as someone that lives on a hobby farm like you're gonna come at me with that <laughs> then also too you're gonna be talking about the wia with sportsmanship yeah. other than that though he's fine but i just like noticed like i have my little quirks with that yeah. guy i've noticed but other than that though i think he does a fine job i just i'm always like when i go out to uline i'm like i wonder if that same pa guy is gonna be there and he's still there he's still doing it so Props well, to, I'll, I'll pass to, along your uh, criticisms when I go there tomorrow. <laughs> when you pick up your media pass, just be like, uh, by the way, one of my uh, fellow colleagues <laughs> has some beef with you when it comes to that. But, yeah, no, props to Lodi uh, just because it's like it's one of those things. I really First ever trip to state, by the way. Yeah, first yeah. ever trip to state. So it would be great for them that they're able to extend their season by, Damn. you know, another week. And then you never know what happens when you get up there. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully they're able to have a great time. And it was one of those things, too, like – Lodi, we talked about good team, but yeah. I, I don't know if it was like if you were saying early in the year, hey, I, I think they might be sneakily good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all of a sudden, like I looked at uh, halfway through the year and I was like, oh man, this team's like ranked at state. Yeah. And it was just, you'd think with all the carnage going on in the Capitol because there were so yeah. many state ranked teams. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what'll happen with Lodi. And, and I think they were actually leading the conference race for a bit. And then uh, I think they ran into Lake Mills and uh, that knocked them off and they weren't able to finish off winning but but they were right there yeah you know all and, season and then tough conference able to get in division four and they go up to wisconsin rapids and now they are, have punched their ticket yeah. to Milwaukee. and what's nice is now since that's your only team left yeah you're wide open to cover it you're able that's to right get quotes <laughs> yeah. everything gonna yeah. be a great story so. yeah there's no uh nothing else in the schedule blocking it so <laughs> yep so Ball is literally in your court, Lodi. If you have a couple great games, going to be a great story That's right. about it. That's so, right. Yeah, it just, uh, I'm all done for the spring sports uh, year, so I officially wrapped up on Saturday. Uh, Edgewood knocked off McFarland, which was nice about that game. It was since it was two Madison teams, they played it in McFarland, which mm. I'm always thankful yes. when they play the games at your home mm. venue. So, Love yeah, that. Uh, Edgewood, <laughs> very, very solid team. I came away very impressed with them. Uh, they have a couple of really nice, solid players, and also mm. two very young as well, too. Mm. So that team is probably going to be running the yeah. Badger small and also D3 mm. for the longest time was kind of road leads through McFarland. I think now it's going to kind of start to lead through Edgewood mm. with that young crew yeah. uh, that they got. But uh, needless to say, though, McFarland definitely battled Edgewood. It, it, the way I would describe it is it was kind of a game of inches mm. just because Edgewood got up one nothing on a goal from Sonoma Beaver, who's really talented sophomore. Uh, she was about to put away her second, but uh, McFarland defender uh, Nita uh, Layu did a great job at hustling back uh, after Beaver got past uh, McFarland senior keeper Avery Weaver and was able to kind of chase down mm. the ball slide tackle get the ball out of bounds that mm. kept it at just one zero second half mcfarland was able to answer with a goal off a free kick from stella blau hits a great ball uh right to the uh gets in like the pile a little bit and elise freeman was able to score mm-hmm. so that put it up uh one one and then mcfarland almost took the lead and this is where the game of inches really comes into play here because off another free kick from mcfarland blau hits a perfect one right on the to the foot of Elise Freeman, free like Freeman's mm. right in front of the net. Ball goes basically straight up, hits the crossbar, bounces straight down, and then has the backspin to bounce out. So literally like so close to going in, mm-hmm. doesn't. And then literally a minute later, 
Edgewood is down on the other end in McFarland's area. They hit a shot. Weaver saves it, and then, like, there's a ricochet or whatnot, and then another girl from Edgewood takes a shot. It deflects off a McFarland player mm. and bounces into the goal. Okay. So it, like, ricocheted the shot. Weaver dove one way, direction mm. took it the other way. So literally in a span of a minute, McFarland goes from potentially being up 2-1 to down 1-2. Oh. Uh, and then Edgewood was able to put away one more later on, mm. and that kind of took the wind out of the sails. But, yeah, Beaver had uh, a great game. She had a shot that almost went in, hit post from, like, 30 mm-hmm. yards out, I think. It was just an incredible angle where I was like, wow, this girl yeah. is really talented. So mm-hmm. tough way for McFarland to end it there. But also, mm-hmm. too, I had a heck of a game on Thursday against Sugar River. Uh, that game in the regular season had gone down to Elise Freeman scoring on a PK. Uh in the regular season so i knew it was going to be really tight uh sugar river scores twice in the first period uh with i believe it was anya breckman scoring both goals uh, farland was able to respond back though hannah kirch gets a call in the box it was kind of a 50 51 if you're mm. a mcfarland fan you're like that's a foul if you're yeah. a sugar river fan you're like that's not a foul <laughs> yeah var yeah 100 <laughs> god i wish it was var in high school um but, yeah, they, they call it. Freeman takes the PK again, and PK is just so mental. I was wondering if, like, the you know keeper remembered where Freeman went last time, but Freeman was able to bury it. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave McFarland uh, down only a goal going into half. Coming out of half, Cor- Courtney Davis scores, tied up at 2-2, and McFarland was just very solid throughout that second half where they were answering on the door. Freeman almost scored with, like, five minutes left on a slot but the Sugar River goalkeeper made a great save going like back, working back across the goal, getting a leg on it, it's that, which you know brought it into extra time. And then mm-hmm. extra time, Ava Dean hits a nice little chip shot over the goalkeeper, and that's what advanced McFarland to the next mm-hmm. round. So okay. it's just a great, great overall game. Like yeah. Sugar River fans were unhappy with some of the calls, which I thought McFarland kind of got a one or two benefit calls. Mm-hmm. But when the game went into Sugar, or when the game went into extra time. I thought momentum was 50-50. Mm-hmm. Game, uh, game was called down the middle there, and just I thought McFarland was the better team in the second half, and they Damn. proved it in this in the extra time with that win. So mm. that okay. was a lot of fun. Yeah, being at that game, <laughs> I was tight on hours. Like I talked about uh, with uh, I'm on Twitter, I was like I only have a certain amount of hours, and all of a sudden that game yeah. went into extra time, and I was like. Now, all of a sudden, this game went from being like, I should get this done, no problem, to yeah. all of a sudden being a little bit tighter. <laughs> yep, exactly. But yeah, so tough way for McFarland to end their season. I know they were looking to get to state, but also, too, like that junior class that's going to be seniors next year yeah. uh, is going to be really, really solid. They've got some pieces coming back that, yeah. again, between them, Edgewood, and Sauk Prairie, that ba- race for the Badger Small is going to be a lot of fun. Be on the lookout yeah. for a potential preview on some of the Badger small storylines as McFarland mm-hmm. moves uh, into that, you know, conference yeah. into the fall. I'll probably be doing a paper about it or yeah. a little deep dive look into it. Mm-hmm. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be interesting on the other side of the bracket too. I want to key and DeForest return a lot of their stars. Yeah, uh, from this year, so they'll probably be battling again for the top spot in you know, Badger so, Large. Yeah. yeah, it should be a lot of fun for that. And then also. I guess, Peter, yeah, any other games? Or, like, also, too, you were at Wanakee Lacrosse as well, too. Yes. And their season officially came to an end. It did. And, uh, yeah, you were at that game, so you can chat about yeah, it. Yeah, state championship game, uh, hudson Wanakee. They've been number one and number two in the state all season. Um, 
they were headed for a showdown. There's no doubt. I think both teams have been rolling over everybody. And the only loss Wanaki had during the regular season was to Hudson. Uh, I believe it was 13-7. So um, covering that game uh, in Sun Prairie here at beautiful Ashley Park, I think, or Sun Prairie Bank Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. Um Hudson was very impressive. <laughs> they just had a lot of firepower. Um, they uh, won it 19-11, to 11, and I think Wanaki scored a couple of late goals to make it close, closer than maybe it should have. You know, because uh, really uh, the what really kind of decided things was Hudson was up 8-6 late in the first half. Uh, I believe Wanaki player got a penalty. So I think they were on the man advantage Hudson was for either a minute or 30 seconds. But there was under a minute left in the first half. Hudson was setting it up. or There was probably about 30 seconds left. Um, so Hudson was setting it up, and with nine seconds left, they got a goal mm-hmm. uh, to go up three. And you just kind of got the feeling that ooh, a three-goal deficit was going to be tough for Wanaki to come back from. And Hudson then came out like a house on fire in the third uh, period or third quarter and uh, outscored him seven to two to really take control of that game and uh, the good news uh, for Wanaki Carter Blackburn um, co-player of the year in the state um, had a hat trick um, so good for him um, I'm hoping to uh, have a story on him at some point uh, him and Nate Sampson I believe were named all Americans this year so um, so that'll be interesting but uh, that Hudson team man Will McDonald who I, I believe is the other co-player of the year uh, he had four goals uh, Seth Heath had four goals Spencer Kruger had three goals and Davis Miller had three goals so they that that foursome was unbelievable and then uh, to add insult to injury uh, <laughs> Hudson had a face-off goal, which you don't see, where the guy just took the face-off, came right down and scored. Um, on Wanakee's end, they had a, a almost a similar uh, kind of uh, a highlight reel goal where uh, Jordan Bavery uh, took the uh, ball coast-to-coast and scored. Um, so there was, there was a lot of fun action in that game. Uh, you know, unfortunately, um, Wanakee just came out on the short end, uh, that played tough. Um, they had some penalties that uh, Hudson took advantage of too. Um, Wanaki didn't. I don't think they had the man advantage very often. So, um, so yeah, Hudson kind of benefited from that. But uh, really interesting game. You know, if, if lacrosse is not something you're super familiar with, like myself, like me, it was uh, it was a very exciting game. Um, so uh, yeah, um, too bad for Wanaki, but a great season. I mean, uh, two losses and both of them to the state champs. And they rolled over most of the opposition all year. So uh, exciting times uh, for Wanakee lacrosse. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, I guess I'll kind of touch on the others that wrapped up their season. So I was in um, Marquezan on Tuesday. I think I might have briefly hit on this a little bit last time we recorded. But, yeah, uh, Deerfield Baseball was in their sectional doubleheader. Uh, they scored off against Lake Country Lutheran in the first game, and it got really good at the end, really high-pressure situation. <laughs> so they had Cal Fisher on the mound, oh, the Florida yeah, State. Sure. The Florida State recruit did his thing, uh, pitched into the seventh inning, reached his 100-pitch limit, though, mm. uh, with a shutout, though. And so Deerfield had a 2 nothing lead. Both runs were scored off Adam Seuss, who kind of had a quiet regular season but really turned it on in the postseason, I thought. Both runs getting scored off him. Uh, and so they took a 2 nothing lead into the 6th. They were able to keep that 2 nothing lead 
Lake Country Lutheran got a guy on second, and there was a single hit to right field. They sent him, which I like the aggression. Like, you're down two runs. You're not getting mm-hmm. a whole lot. Like, send them, make them make the play. Bratley threw a nice uh, cutoff to Austin Anderson. Anderson threw home to Eric Stazak. Stazak applied the tag. I was able to get a nice shot of it. Check oh, out the deer field a great, I yeah. just was, like, focusing oh. on the catcher the whole time. I was like, I'm staying on Stazak. So I was like, hopefully this turns out. Um, yeah, he did a great job applying the tag. And also, you know, it was really close, but they were able to get him. Uh, and that the reason why I point that out is because in the seventh, uh, Fisher left the game with uh, two outs in the inning, mm. and there was runners on third and second. Ooh. So guess who has to come into the game? Chris Hahn, who had you know solid all year pitching-wise, but kind of had a little bit of a shaky game at short. I think he had committed three errors in that Ooh. game. So the accuracy was a little off, but he was able to kind of get the jitters down, made a couple nice plays. I talked with mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Scott uh, Glody afterwards, and he was like, I was going to go to him no matter what. Like, that was my plan. Han comes in, gives up an RBI single to right field. Hmm. And this time, like, the runner from third scores, but they hold up the runner at second, which was probably the smart play because, Mm -hmm. obviously, in the sixth, they got gunned down. Ah, right. So that, with it just being a one-run lead, Han was able to then get uh, a guy to fly out to right field Obviously, you know, Landon Bratley is going to make that play because, you know, he was having such a sure-handed game. Mm-hmm. Was able to get the win to advance Deerfield. So that mm-hmm. was a heck of a game to watch. And, you know, it's just high-pressured situation for Han to come in uh, as only, I believe, junior. Yeah, junior. Um, and to get the job done like that. And so mm-hmm. that advanced them to the sectional final against Random Lake. And Random Lake was able to hit a three-run homer in the first. And that just kind of mm-hmm. took the wind out of the demon sails a little bit uh they hit some hard outs i thought and talking with coach you know talking with coach afterwards he was like that's kind of been our problem all year sometimes we just hit the ball super hard and it's right at someone nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. uh, and then lorandum lake was able to tack on a run here and there and deficit just got too far to overcome so seven nothing yeah. win for the rams they were able to advance the state they got knocked out by aquinas i believe first mm-hmm. round so uh yeah tough division four but i know at deerfield obviously had a bunch of kids that wanted to go to state uh but definitely should hang your hats on a strong year yeah and especially like that like that sectional semifinal game was a lot of fun to cover where it was like you know there wasn't a whole lot of action but like there were key (laughs) plays and that's a perfect write about for when you're a writer so yeah heck of a season for them and also too they'll have some guys coming back obviously replacing a guy that's going to Florida Oof, State is going to be tough. a lot. <laughs> but they still got, you know, Han, Austin Anderson, Seuss. Yeah. You know, they'll have some people. Brotley will be a sophomore, so yeah. we'll have to see what happens there. But, yeah, so that happened. And then also, too, Monona Grove was up in lacrosse. They went back and forth against Verona. Uh, they had an early lead. Verona was able to rally with a four-run fifth. Uh, Dom Najak tied up the game, scoring on a wild pitch. Uh, but then with two outs in i believe the six uh verona hit a two-run single that put the wildcats in the lead and then silver eagles were able to get the bases loaded in the seventh but Mm -hmm. a fly out ended the game uh so a tough way for the silver eagles to end it i know it was just a lot of fun covering them as well too and uh talking with coach connor throughout the season he really enjoyed working with the group of seniors that they had a couple of three-year guys Mm. uh where you could kind of see the payoff where it's like you know them being sophomores juniors seniors where it's like now you can see why they were you know three-year varsity guys so 
tough way for the Silver Eagles to end it. They were up in lacrosse, though, so I didn't go cover that one. So yeah, it was just one of those things I was just keeping my eye on. And on Game Changer, yeah. it was a lot of fun to keep an eye on it during the <laughs> in break in between the action of the sectionals. But, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Anything yeah. else catch your eye, though, for what's been going on? Well, I have to talk about uh, Wanaki Golf. I didn't get a chance to last week because uh, – did we record on a Tuesday last week? We recorded, I think, on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. I might have briefly okay. hit up Cambridge Golf, too. Yeah. I, but uh, Wanaki, I had finally gotten a chance to talk to uh, the coach and uh, Casey Nichols, so I wanted to kind of recount that. Uh, Wanaki as a team finished fifth. They were in third uh, after day one. Um, so, you know, I think they were hoping to hold on to that, but uh, kind of tough conditions on day two. I guess it got really windy. Um, they said the the course was really firm that day too. So, but the interesting thing talking to Casey Nickel, who finished second after a big day two charge, uh, one of the things he said was that playing on their home course at the Meadows at Six Mile Creek in Wanakee kind of prepares them for that kind of those kind of conditions because if you've ever played that course, it is wide open, not many trees, the greens are firm. It's you know it, it's a very uh, you know, kind of flat course, little rolling hills, but there's not much for trees. So there's nothing blocking wind <laughs> there. So, but uh, Nickel had an interesting uh, day too. Um, came out on the first hole and four putted. Um, <laughs> his teammate uh, told him, uh, from what I understand, he said, well, it can't get much worse than that. And Casey said, you know, you're right. And uh, but oh, it did, trust it, me, it, as someone that just played <laughs> golf the other day, it can get much worse. And it did. It did get a little bit worse because then he uh, he got a seven on uh, hole number six, and things didn't look too good. But he said he he started feeling better uh, about the tenth hole. Um, had a good drive, stuck an iron shot on the green, two putted for par, and then on eleven came the big uh, the big hole where he eagled and uh, he he sunk a thirty foot putt. Um, to get it um, so at that point he was only one stroke he figured uh, there was some kind of confusion about how far they were back and that sort of thing but he was one shot back of a uh, leader uh, from Eau Claire Memorial Parker Etzel who ended up winning the the state championship um, and on 13 uh, Casey had another birdie um, so they thought that, uh, talking to Coach Betsy Zadra from Wanaki, she thought that he had pulled ahead at that point. Casey said he wasn't sure if that was actually the case. So there's some confusion over there. But whatever the case is, he was right there <laughs> with uh, Parker. So, um, But then uh, he had an unfortunate bogey um, down the stretch on one of the holes, and Parker took advantage. Um, but uh, he was nipping at uh, Parker Etzel's heels the whole time down the stretch. And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, a great comeback um, the, the way he did on, on day two. And one of the things uh, both his coach and Casey talked about how uh, they noticed that the scores that were coming in were big. And that, you know, after that four putt, I think Casey was probably feeling a little down. But once he noticed that all the other scores were big too, he, he gained a little confidence um, and was really able to uh, – um, to make a comeback. And the interesting thing about the Wanakee season, too, you know, they were missing um, one of their top players, Brady Piazza, all year. Um, he played the first meet, he tore a muscle, and he was gone the rest of the year. So they were able to qualify for state for the second time as a program, first since 2017. Um, 
uh, you know, without really, he might have even been their best golfer. It was probably up between him and Casey, but uh, you know, it was a tough battle between the two. But uh, um, Betsy said that uh, Ryan Heck shot the round of his life on uh, day one, and uh, you know, other players kind of stepped forward all season for them. Um, Drew Barris was, I believe, he's a freshman. Um, trying to think of the other guy. Gosh, I'm gonna uh, gonna be mad if I don't remember it. But uh, anyways, uh, the gist is they had players step up all season long that that really contributed to this run. You know, and they were kind of neck and neck. I think with DeForest uh, in the conference. Um, DeForest had that uh, great uh, group of freshmen last year that made it to state. Um, first time ever a team five five freshmen scoring. Uh, lineup uh, ever made it to state and uh, they made it back this year so uh, a lot to be proud of for DeForest Golf too making back-to-back trips Um, they had a tough time uh, with the conditions on day two Um, they ended up 13th Uh, you know I think they'd hope for better and I know they're going to come back um, (laughs) looking to do better Uh, coach Scott uh, Simeon said their score you know they're they were solid but uh, they had uh, a lot of doubles and triples uh, more than they were accustomed to. And, uh, you know, the, so I think they're hoping for better. And I think they're hoping for better next year. And, you know, they should come back, uh, reload, yeah. <laughs> ready to go. That basically the fabulous freshman yeah. turned into a sensational sophomore this right. year. And now they'll probably be. What's the junior? Uh, <laughs> the Jovial Juniors. Jovial Junior, uh, Gigantic Juniors. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think of a new nickname. Yeah, because I think I used Fab Five in a headline last year. So nice. yeah, I'll have to do, I'll have to come up with something better. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> also too with uh, everything out there in Kohler, like one thing I noticed with that course is you yeah. don't have a whole lot of uh, like green to work with for fairway mm. because it's like fairway rough and then just a whole bunch of weeds yeah and like tall grass that you can't mm. hit out of and when i talked with ryan rylan conley of monona grove he was like that was like one of the biggest things i saw off the yeah. like compared to other courses here it was like fairway golf pat or golf cart path bunch of weeds so yeah. margin for error very very small yeah uh, he had talked like there were a couple times where he was just like it tee shot bunker bunker mm. green yeah. Uh, but he still had a couple nice moments. Uh, I think he was he had a birdie. I want to say it was on maybe uh, on the back nine first day or something like that. Mm. It was funny when I was first out there. Uh, I got a couple photos of him on the first couple holes, and he had hit one kind of in like the tall grass or whatnot. Mm. Was able to get out. Yeah. And then had a couple nice shots. And uh, Coach Sweefel saw me taking photos, and when he was walking by, he was like, "Yeah, I told him to stop hitting it in the weeds because it was flaring up my allergies." <laughs> And I guess that, that must have clearly worked. So he finally had a little bit better performance after that. And for his first time being out there, that's definitely something you can hang your hat on. And yeah. when I talked to him after, he was like, I want to get the team out there. So that's the yeah. next goal for the Silver Eagles. And also speaking of teams, I know I touched on it last week, but Cambridge Blue Jays won their first program title in school history. Key and Bistol Flores uh, got medalist honors. Nick Buckman Cade Nata said another solid performance from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Buckman as well, too, had a good round. Uh, and, yeah, uh, Frankie uh, uh, had filled in uh, for the first one. They had an alternate fill-in, I think, for that first day or something mm-hmm. like that. I'll have to look at the scores a little bit closer. But, yeah, just all around, like, those top three guys just have been phenomenal all year, so it's no surprise yeah. that they end up winning state. And also, too, 
Uh, as mentioned in the article that Nate Gilbert of the Jefferson Daily Union uh, wrote up, that this was Travis Galson's uh, head coach of the Blue Jays. This was his last year. Oh. He's going to be moving to Missouri, so he gets okay. a uh, state championship win uh, <laughs> on his like last ever time coaching It's always Blue nice Jays, to go so, out on top. <laughs> yeah, so he goes out on top, and also Nick Buckman, the senior, uh, goes out on top as well, too. So heck of a performance by the Blue Jays. It's going to be really interesting because, I mean, the way Bistol Flores just ended the year, just on an absolute charge, taking first in conference, regionals, sectionals, mm. and at state, he comes back. Nottestead comes back. Matt Buckman comes back. Uh, Andrew Smith will be back. You know, they'll probably have a little bit of a drop off with Nick Buckman not being there, but mm. still, like, expect them to be one of the top three in state. I would at least think. Yeah. And also, too, uh, going into it, I guess all year, like they had been ranked kind of at the top of the state standings but then all of a sudden going into state they got moved down to number two for some reason uh, and coach galston said that kind of fired up the boys a little bit and they had was how, yeah they had something to prove so <laughs> a little extra motivation yeah and yeah. so it worked out great that they won also to shout out to nate uh for writing up all those recaps he knows a lot more about golf than i do i just kind of <laughs> write down the scores but he knows where to kind of yeah. you know talk about where things went right where things went wrong and I thought it turned out really good, so definitely go check out that article uh, online as well, too. Yeah, basically my only question when I interview golf players is, so tell me how your round went, and then just let them go. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I won't have any, like, brilliant questions to ask. I noticed on <laughs> hole number five, you used a seven right. iron instead yeah. of a six iron, right. and you shot the ball slightly farther. Do you regret that decision? <laughs> right. Yeah, so shout out to everybody at State that did a heck of a performance getting out there. It's definitely just an honor to be out there to begin yeah, with. And absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk next week, and we'll get a full recap of what happened with Lodi at State yeah. for girls soccer, and we'll just kind of probably touch on the, you know, the rest of the seasons for us. So yeah. for my colleague, Peter, uh, and for myself, Callahan Steed, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.